You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Peer Pleasure Podcast. This is Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. Today, our guest is Jeff Rickley from Thursday. I know a lot of you guys have seen Thursday on the reunion tour that's going on now. And I was able to connect with Jeff uh, at the Roseland Theater here in Portland, Oregon, where I've been doing a lot of interviews lately, a lot of great bands coming through, old friends, new friends, and uh, you know, people I've never met. And uh, I'm enjoying the in-person stuff. Um, big shout out to my cousin Alan for helping fix some of the audio situation. We were interviewing in the green room and uh, it was a little echoey and the voices got a little quiet here and there, a little fluctuation. So we threw some compression on it and got it sounding real nice for you. So uh, really excited to talk to Jeff. Uh, he was a big part of Anatomy of a Ghost becoming a band and everything we did together. Um, he was just a huge part of that. The whole band Thursday was, but I really wanted to pick Jeff's brain about a lot of things, music, um, you know, his life, where he came from, where he's going, what he did during the time off, just a lot of, a lot of great stuff here. So we are on peerpleasurepodcast.com. Definitely go there, check out the website. We've got everything on there. We've got the show notes. We've got the past episodes. We've got all of our affiliates, uh, our Amazon affiliate link. Um, 4% of everything you buy on Amazon using that link goes back to us, helps us keep the lights on. Uh, there's a link to the peer pleasure store. Uh, there's now a press link as well. So you can check out some of the press we've been getting. Peer pleasure has been doing really well. Um, we've had a lot of great press. Um, I was just on the break it down podcast with Matt Carter. That was a great time. And, uh, go check that out over at breakitdownpod.com. Um, and, uh, I go over the anatomy of a ghost story a little bit. And uh, what I'm doing now, as most of you know, um, doing commercial plumbing. So the podcast has been a great way to be creative still and, and get the word out there about different things that I'm doing and talk to old friends. So definitely check out that episode. It was a lot of fun to do with Matt. Uh, he's doing a weekly podcast now or a daily podcast rather now. And uh, if you notice, I sound a bit different. Uh, it's a big shout out to my buddy, Derek Waller. Uh, for helping us out and getting a uh, new SM7B microphone from Sure and uh, some new gear. So hopefully we're coming across better to you now, sounding better. Um, you know, definitely trying to 
boost it up a little bit here and, and sound as best as we can for you. I know we've had some audio issues in the past. Anyway, purepleasurepodcast.com is the site. Go there for everything. Um, definitely rate and subscribe on iTunes. Those ratings really help us out, guys. If you go and give us a five-star, if you like the show, uh, definitely helps us out a ton. And getting those reviews, you know, aside from feeling great, uh, also helps us with chart position and advertising and everything else. So definitely, if you haven't yet, go and rate and subscribe to the show. Um, we are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, last week, we had Anthony Green from Circus Survive and Seosin. That was a huge episode, and definitely go check that out if you haven't yet in our past episodes. Uh, we'll also be doing a Throwback Thursday episode, I believe, of Colin Frangicetto from also from Circus Survive's episode, which was an amazing episode. That was episode eight, so definitely go back and check that out if you get the time. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Jeff Rickley from Thursday. Of course. And then okay. uh, Portugal before. Man. Yeah, 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 of course. Of yeah, course, a yeah. long time ago, actually here uh, at the uh, Roseland, yeah. it was you guys and Thrice. Wow. And that was one of those tours that was like... We Who else was in Anatomy? Ryan? No, uh, there was Joe Simon and then John Gorley and Zach Crothers from Portugal and I then uh, Nick Simon. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely... A crazy time, man. We like I remember, and I just I went ahead and started the recording, so okay. I can just do yeah. it. I know your time's so short, but um, so first time here in Thursday, I was working at Walmart. We moved down from Alaska to start trying to tour and get signed and stuff. Working at Walmart with my buddies from Anatomy, and mm -hmm. and they had a Victory Records sampler, mm -hmm. and uh, it's like closing time, and we're we're zoning up electronics or something like that, and. That song came on, uh, uh, Understanding a Car Crash. Mm. And I was like, turned to my buddy Jim, I'm like, who is this? He's like, it's called Thursday. And I was like, this is insane. And we played it probably four or five That's times awesome. and like repeated it. Like, I've never heard anything like this. That's awesome. And at that point, like, our musical socialization was Green Day and like super accessible bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> dude, I went home that night, went down the basement, and we literally tried to write that song. <laughs> it was awesome. hilarious. And uh, looking back on it now, because I was like, man, that was so cheesy. Why would we do that? And, and that I've completely done that so changed times. us. You, you have? Okay. <laughs> that completely changed us from what we were, which was just a straightforward punk band, into like, man, we should add some layers to this. That's cool, man. That's and, really uh, cool to hear. And then you guys came to a club called The Meow Meow. 
I remember the meow. And we played there all the time, and we're like, Thursday's playing the meow meow. That's insane. Let's go. And that was one of those shows. Like, meow meow was like upstairs, right? Yeah. yeah it's, now it's now apartments. It's now apartments. And uh, that was a sad day when that closed down. That was an awesome club. Some of the Christmas lights and everything. There. Yeah, it was yeah. insane. Uh, but you guys played, and we're looking around, and it's all bands. Huh. And you could you could see that shift changing mm-hmm. uh, from all these bands that were just straightforward punk bands into Everyone Wants to Be Thursday. <laughs> I remember and that period. It was crazy. Yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit, because yeah, you lived sure. through that. So what was that like for you? Because you guys you obviously knew no one really sounded like you when you were writing the songs. Right. Did you have any idea it was going to take off like that? I mean, or... No, we planned... So when we wrote Full Collapse, I remember I was convincing the guys we should drop out of school and do it for a year. Mm-hmm. Just a year. And we go back and finish school. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, hey, a year. And so we <clears throat> hand the record in the victory. And I get a call from one of the higher-ups there, and they're like, no, it's okay. It just doesn't have any singles. We are like, oh, well... Like, oh, by the way, the person that had signed us to victory had left before our record got. Perfect. So it was like, nobody there was had our back. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. there was like, this band rules, trust them. Yeah. No, it was like, somebody had flopped this band in our lap. They gave us this record with no singles. They were like, maybe if you, like, if you let us edit down, cross out the eyes. And we were like, what are you going to take out? Like, the best parts? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're going to take out the best parts. Yeah. So um, we were like, no, can't edit it. We were like, we want to make a video for understanding a car crash. They were like, no. So we made it ourselves. Uh-huh. And it's funny because the guy who shot it now is a pretty big DP. He shoots movies. Uh, he shot Midnight Special. Mm-hmm. He does all Jeff Nichols movies. So Midnight Special, Loving. He just won a big award for Loving. Um, but a lot of that kind of stuff takes shelter. Um, <clears throat> and like that video, when it, you know, sort of hit everywhere and was on MTV all the time. It was like the first time that mini DV video mm-hmm. was allowed to be on MTV. And then suddenly everybody was like, oh, we can make our video too. Anybody yeah. can make a video. It was almost kind of like what happened for a second. So it was like interesting, a lot of the influences that we ended up having on people at the time, there were some things that were just right time, right place like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, we didn't have any money. And so we were forced into something that ended up being for the best because it made us look different, made us look new and more underground and more, you know, it's just funny things like that. Um, but we never had any thought that it would take off. I remember everybody besides Victory that I played the record for would be like, there's something to this. I just have a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I remember it started out people being like, you're going to be as big as Lifetime because we were a New Jersey band. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you guys are like the next Hot Water Music. And then it was just like weird when we kept on, you know, and then I remember when we sold 100,000 records on Victory, one of our friends in a big band, like it might have been Walter from Quicksand or something, he's like, oh, you're indie platinum now. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Like, that's as big as it's going to go. And it went on to sell almost half a million copies, um, like 460 or something. Just enough that we don't have a gold record, but like a lot, yeah. you know. Um, and that was a shock. And then it was like, just it just kept going. And, you know, I think all my college credits expired a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> Because so, I was in my last semester. I actually didn't take off even the last year. I took off the last semester. Uh-huh. And now I'm not going to be able to finish because of it. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but no, we had no idea. So when it started, it was an interesting thing. When bands started to sound like us, it was flattering. And then when the bands that sounded like us got way bigger than us, it yeah. started to be 
a little weird. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that I most resented about that wasn't that they were bigger, but that they were they were cherry picking the qualities that the crowds seemed to like the best, mm-hmm. and not taking sort of the underlying deeper you know sense of exploration and that kind of stuff that I sure. thought was so crucial um, so it was like it was a bit of a mixed bag for me seeing other bands that sounded like us after that yeah because um, that took off I mean when you guys and then you guys went to Ireland. I mean, and then Thrice went to Island. It yeah. was so funny watching because Thrice are buddies of mine yeah. too, and and they were episode two of this podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, watching them, like we used to go up to the Crystal Barn here and hang out in the van, mm-hmm. just weird as some kids in town, and ended up kind of hitting it off. And and uh, watching, it was like always Thrice Thursday, Thrice Thursday, Thrice Thursday. And you guys didn't sound alike. No, we didn't really. Which was cool because it was just like these bros, like going wherever you know. <coughs> um, when you went to Ireland from, what was that like? Did they just approach you into, uh, <coughs> no problem. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, even better. <sighs> Sorry about this. No problem. Dude. That's the world of podcasting. You can do whatever the hell you want. <sighs> Cough <light. laughs> That was impressive. <laughs> yeah, so it was interesting with Thrice. Um, before we ever met them, yeah, people be like, "You gotta meet this band Thrice on the West Coast. They're starting to do stuff. They're not. They don't sound like you, but like you guys are such similar people. Like they're like you're both quiet, not like at all what you'd expect from your band. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we didn't know is at the same time people were like, <clears throat> "You guys got a tour opening for Thursday because." You guys are so like like personalized, and so it was like we kept on hearing about each other over and over again, and then randomly signed to the same label. Um, and the label just decided they were gonna because we were just a, maybe a year or two ahead of Thrice in mm-hmm. terms of popularity. Uh, the label decided we're gonna be able to sell Thrice by you know putting them on tour Thursday and putting them on samplers of Thursday and Thursday Thursday Thrice Thursday. You know they'll be in the same. Mm-hmm they'll be right next to each other in record stores because the TH back when that mattered mm-hmm. and it was kind of strange because like you noted like we didn't really sound alike at all yeah so it was a sort of strange thing to have a label kind of like put us in a box together um particularly there was a president I'm not going to name names because he's very very uh <clears throat> he's a very visible person but he was like oh what's up man yeah it's good to see you Thursday yeah that new video is sick and I was like new video and I like looked down the hallway and playing as the new Thrice video and what I couldn't help but thinking was like who do you think I am in that band yeah. you know I don't look like any of those guys no, you know what I mean so I was like me? Tepe, yeah. that's what I thought too I was like wow if he thinks I'm Tepe like yeah. he's really you know like there that's go. gotta be it I don't know who else it could be but uh but you know in that case it'd be like I don't see race it's like well maybe you don't <laughs> um, but uh but it was, it was yeah it's like wow well, somebody actually means it um like literally can't distinguish it um but but uh it was just a it was a weird culture man it was um you know we never really were thinking like well when we get to a major label it was more that uh things were just untenable for us at Victory. We couldn't stay there any longer. It had gotten 
so bad. You know, we made that big public statement even about them, which became a trend on even that yeah. became a trend yeah. on Victory and people being like, that label's the worst. We got to get out of here. I think a band just won a huge lawsuit against them or huge. something like millions of dollars, millions, which yeah. is absolutely insane. Bands I mean, don't make that kind of money on their own. <laughs> totally. Jesus totally. Um, it's funny to even influence that aspect of it because by the time the bands that just won the lawsuits were signing to the label, mm-hmm. we had already said everybody should be careful. Like these guys yeah. are not good to artists. So it's just strange to see a band be like, we know that mm-hmm. we're going to sign anyway. We don't care. They're really not treating us. Good. It's like, no shit. <laughs> right. And you're locked down. <laughs> right. Like we told you like, and when we left, they closed up all the holes in the contract that uh-huh. we jumped through. Cause we <laughs> got really lucky. Yeah. Um, it's just funny, man. It's just, um, it was just a funny period, funny time. I started like having a real kind of like on the love hate relationship with bands that sounded like us. I started really hating other bands that sounded like us for a while. Um, and but now I'm in a good place with it because like all the younger bands that, that have influence from us now, mm-hmm. it's been so long that they've got influences from a ton of different places. We're not the flavor of the moment anymore. It's like they're they're influenced us because like they see what's good about us. Yeah. And so like when it's bands as different as Touche Amore and Death Heaven, you know, things like that, or like the guy uh, who's opening tonight's Cities of Eve, like stuff like that. It's like it's really different bands. You know, Wax Idols who are just out with us, like mm-hmm. we're a big influence on them. They're like a all female goth band. You know what I mean? It's like, so when you can have that different influences on different people, um, then in that case, it feels good, you know, because none of them are like, we sound like Thursday. It's just like, no, I, you know, I like that guitar part or I like the way you wrote your lyrics, you know, just some little aspect that I'm like, yeah, that part is good. Like, I think that part is empirically good about our band. (laughs) And then, and then it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, we went to we went to the extent of I think that's when Zach got his first Warwick bass, and he was like, because we always made fun of those things. We're like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Like we had all these standards and stuff. And then we listened to the record, and it's like he's playing Warwick, but get a Warwick sounds amazing. Man. Yeah, get a chorus pedal, like whatever you know. Like right. it was that. Looking back on it now, like I said, it was just hilarious. Because, yeah. but we were so because we were also still trying to figure it out. Like Tim was like, yeah, Warwick like gave me some basses, so like why wouldn't I play a Warwick? And sure. Then later and he's like can't play Warwick I gotta play jazz bass like this is what I've this is this is what I learned on this is what I gotta play like I can't play Warwick anymore so it's just funny like oh Thursday's doing it it's like Thursday wouldn't be doing a Defender was giving them bass exactly but it's a fun thing to see man dude right now it's nice that all the you know the brands that we love yeah love us back and give us stuff that is awesome yeah that's fantastic yeah I mean did you enjoy did you get to enjoy the ride while it was happening or was it so fast I remember watching again thrice the DVD they put out mm-hmm. and they're like going over their schedule and I was like how the fuck do you do that I'm sure you guys are in the same boat you're going yeah. to this country you're going to this country you need to fly here This is, and like even today probably this was probably on a day sheet maybe from Paul mm-hmm. and you know I hit him up Mike Mowry uh, my boy in, in uh, DC I know Mike yeah, hit, okay cool he uh, he hit him up and because I was like hey Thursday's coming to town I'd love to talk to Jeff <clears throat> and literally Paul wrote back and was like dude I've heard your show awesome yeah let's do it so I was like it's still going to be that structured like you know I'm, are you able to enjoy yourself I guess or, or enjoy that ride now I am yeah back then uh, I don't know you know like there's a song at this velocity about like the time we like crash landed in Australia like on, on the runway but not a not a smooth landing um 
but the song was really a metaphor for how fast things are mm-hmm. on tour like you don't it's not alive you're just like overwhelmed constantly yeah um and that's how I felt all the time and I didn't know how to stop it and I knew that I should feel lucky and grateful but instead I felt like miserable most of the time uh-huh. I like I got married on tour I got divorced on tour you know what I mean it's like you yeah it's just I should be enjoying it instead I'm like just miserable you know yeah. what I mean and, and that's like that's really tough you know people have dream jobs that everybody would kill for and they're not happy it's um it's tough especially when there's a lot of people's livelihoods at stake you know it's not just us and, and people at the label and whatever else it's mm-hmm. like the people that we hire crew wise it's yeah. you know there's so many people so um it just got to be a thing that I just hated doing it as a job you know it really mm-hmm. became my job and uh, it became a job where I couldn't be home for 300 days a year half the mm-hmm. time you know um so I don't think I th- I don't think I could ever do that again that way. You know, yeah. I think six months would probably have to be my cap for a time on the road a year. You mm-hmm. know, at th- next year the band will be twenty years old. It's crazy to me. It's insane. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's true. It's you want to believe that every band is always having fun, but yeah, I think it's better for everybody when the band doesn't do as much. Yeah. <clears throat> people are excited to see them it feels like a rare treat yeah <clears throat> the band's actually happy to play they like enjoy the shows and they play better because of it you know it's just yeah. everything kind of comes together to be better sure. but when you know when the iron's hot it's really hard to not want to strike again and again and again you know yeah <clears throat> I mean married and divorced on the road I mean you how did you deal with that ride I mean well, you're, you're, you said you're miserable and I remember, I mean, I have a pretty photographic memory. I remember when we met last time here, and you, I remember you just looked exhausted. Like, I'd never seen you before. I'd seen you in magazines and stuff. But then when we met, I was like, man, like, you just looked tired. Yeah. Like, I think I can even remember, you're probably in this, like, blue track jacket kind of deal. I remember because I walked past the window, and you guys were ordering food or something, and that's when I went inside. And... uh I was looking at the. I was actually down here with the Thrice guys, um, and Tepe the same thing. Like just like, dude, this is a grind. I mean, that tour was like three months. Yeah, you know, it's like three months nonstop. How did you? How did you deal with it? I mean, did you? I mean, did you kind of withdraw? Just yeah. Stay in the stay in the, the totally bus or the van or. I mean, you didn't get into drugs. You were probably did you did you experiment with drugs a little bit when you were younger and kind of get it out of your system, or did you? I hit? did, and okay. then uh, towards the end of the band, I instead of getting it out of my system, I like just completely withdrew into drugs. Um, I'm actually uh, actually let's see here, sixty days over, dude. Yeah. Congratulations, Thanks. that's huge. Um, so yeah this is the first tour in a long time that I've been sober um but first the first thing I did was I withdrew into just reading like I had one warp tour where I read every book that Thomas Pynchon ever wrote really which if you know books like V Gravity's Rainbow you know Mm -hmm. lots of 1100 pagers stuff like that um and I just you know lie in my bunk all day because I was so tired and I just read and read and read and people be like you want to come nope Whatever it is, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to stay in here and hide, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, I really, like, I really didn't deal with it well after a while. You know, there were a couple of years when we were coming up that it's just, like, more social than I'd ever been. I was really enjoying it, really mm-hmm. taking everything in. 
but then it should have like paced itself out a little bit and then we didn't you know we would every year hit the same city you know three four times it's like and that's just too much you know it's just Mm -hmm. for anybody um and and for even fans you know we would see like diminishing returns because yeah people are like yeah i saw them twice already this year i'll see them next month when they come through and it's more convenient for me you know i'm good (laughs) like they have the same songs they did then yeah so there you go um so you went from so you'd experimented in earlier on and then towards the end of the band got back into it was it pills and things like that like easy stuff no i guess you can't say easy i've been shocked at how many people i've talked to on this podcast and i just had anthony green on Mm -hmm. and uh we went pretty deep and i did not know he was doing heroin until three years ago Mm. and he's got kids that are like six years old like he had Mm -hmm. kids at the time and just to get through, like Xanax, heroin, all that stuff. And I had yeah. no idea. And we've been buddies for a long time. I had no idea. I thought yeah, you I think most of my weed. friends didn't like, know either. You yeah. Know. Did you, how did you, did you hide it from people? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like even the band? Everybody. Everybody. So I mean, I was in a band. I was in a long show. Yeah. I would only use in the bathroom. I would, I was a get up to go to work type of, like when I was home for the last bunch of years before the reunion, like I would go to work. Just be like, all right, time to go to work. Gotta get high. Like, you know what I mean? Like, gotta. And after a while, like, your brain chemistry just stops making all the stuff you need because mm-hmm. you're getting it for free. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, it's that pretty much. I mean, without going into too much detail, you know, still in the first 90 days, I'm still like yeah. feeling out what sure. I'm going to talk I, about. You don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk but about. But yeah, no, it's. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it was only the people closest to me that really started to be like, you know, you're different. Like, you're yeah. different a lot. And, you know what I mean? I can yeah. tell some things up. And, <clears throat> you know, as my partner started finding stuff around that it was hidden around, you know, she'd be like, the fuck is this? You know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah. oh, shit. So she's a fucking saint, you know. Um, she helped me get sober. Um, I'm a lucky guy. I'm a truly lucky guy. I really am. So I'm just trying to, like, be worthy of being so lucky. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, it's good for people to hear that stuff, too, because people don't realize, like you said, when you're, you know, up on the stage, they're like, oh, my God, I want to do that so bad. Mm -hmm. But what they don't realize is, you know, maybe you're not, maybe you just ate a really bad hamburger and you're about ready to shit your pants and you're just trying to, you know, put on a show or you have the flu. Yeah, it's brutal. brutal. It's, uh, you, you haven't slept in three days. You're completely miserable. They don't see that. No, yeah, and it's like, um... It's just strange, man. Like, when people see you as a symbol of something rad that they like, it's sometimes hard to remember that you're also just a person and, like, maybe you're having a fucked up day. And, you know, the second you sit down to eat your first bite of food, it's like, can you get up and take a picture with me? And you're like, oh, man, I just wanted to eat dinner. You know, or something like that. Like, um, I try to remember that that's, whatever, that's a normal thing to do. And that, you know people just don't see that stuff sometimes so I try not to get upset about it but mm-hmm. sometimes you know if you haven't been home in a long time if you haven't had any privacy in a long time yeah. shit is hard it's hard to deal with you know I get why people get shitty why you know I even get why some people act like rock stars it's like their only defense mechanism mm-hmm. you know what I mean so um, just trying to be aware of it and just try to be real with people you yeah. know like hey I will be around later mm-hmm. please please let me eat dinner yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. It's like, truly not. And I know it probably feels a little weird to have me be like, no, I'm trying to eat dinner, but I'll be around later and whatever, whatever you want. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're awesome. I'd love to talk to you. You just know. let me have five minutes. Just, yeah, I just, know. I really, like, I haven't eaten yet, and I'm tired. I slept in a little tiny coffin last night. You know what I mean? Like, just just give me an allowance for being a human, you know? Like, I think today a barista who made me coffee, I was like, either she's uh, was about to ask me if I'm Jeff from Thursday, or she was about to ask me if I'm okay. I had no idea, because she was like, she was like, hey, um, never mind. And I was like, What? She's no, no, never mind. And I was like, "Bob, the G or a G?" I was like, "Ah, uh, okay, sorry, I just woke up. I don't like, you know what I mean?" I was yeah. like, "Do I?" I don't know. Who knows? You know, it's like that ambiguity can be really strange. Yeah, absolutely. And how is it weird? I guess I always don't have to phrase this question the right way, but because it sounds almost insulting, which I don't mean mm-hmm. it that way at all. But when everyone in a room paid to see you do something and wants to meet you and see you but not because of you but because of who they see you as does that skew your reality a little bit when you're home say you're at the with the barista like you're so used to people knowing you as jeff from thursday not jeff rickley my buddy or jeff rickley the guy i work with did it even cross your mind that maybe she thinks you know to even associate that right does that bleed into your life a lot to where, you know, not those fake relationships, I guess. Where yeah, not too much for me. Um, I I heard that Louis C.K. story where he said, uh, this woman came up to me the camera was like, can you take a picture? And he was like, oh, sorry, I don't do that. And she was like, okay. And asked the next person, like, will you take a picture of us? And he was like, oh, sh- you weren't asking for a picture with me. You were asking <laughs> me to take a picture. And I said, I don't do that. Uh-huh. Like. I don't, I don't help people. Right. Like I don't help people who ask me to take a picture. Like I'm just not a friendly person. Sorry. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that kind of misunderstanding is great. I love that kind of stuff. (laughs) For me, it doesn't happen enough to be a big deal. Uh Um, but I think it's really funny. I, I honestly feel like for all the weird misunderstandings, like I have almost the ideal level of fame that you could possibly have, which is that there are like, kind of a handful of people everywhere mm-hmm. that really appreciate the art that I make. They don't think I'm like, you know, nobody wants to necessarily look like me. I have fucked up teeth. Um, you know, like nobody thinks that I'm like some superhuman, you know, like we've always had a very like every man kind yeah. of vibe. Um, but they appreciate the art and I can go anywhere, do anything and never feel like afraid that I'm going to get mobbed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. Unless you actually get fucking mugged. Yeah. I've, I've, yes. I wanted, Not I wanted mobbed, to talk mugs. about those incidents briefly because I'm mm. sure you've been asked a million times about these. <laughs> but I was, you know, I was doing some research before today because I, you know, I, I was like looking for stuff that I hadn't heard before, and I literally did not hear about any of those incidents with you getting mugged. Yeah. And then poisoned. Yeah, I mean, like roofied. You got yeah. roofied at a fucking show. No, I stepped out to have a drink. Okay. Because I was first just getting clean, and I was like, maybe I can still have a drink, you know, uh-huh. or whatever. Because I've never had a tr- trouble with alcohol. And that night kind of changed my mind. Like, maybe I shouldn't go out and drink, too. But um, That was, was with Germany, No Devotion, right? Was no, no Devotion in Germany the day our record came out, of course. Uh-huh. Didn't make it to the show. Like, the show was packed. I was in the hospital. Um, that night, it was hellish. I don't remember a lot of it because of the roofies. Yeah. Know? But um, 
Yeah, my mom, uh, you know, I had to call my parents because they read about it and were like, oh, shit, he got mugged and drugged. Like, is he okay? So I called him. My mom was like, you have all the luck, good and bad. You literally have all the luck. Like, Mm -hmm. you live a charmed life, but weird (laughs) shit happens to you, like, constantly. When I was a kid, weird shit would happen to me, too. I got mugged when I was a kid in New York City. Um, Are you serious? How old were you? 16. You were by yourself? Yeah. Oh, I used to take, it was the bus, the bus from my parents' house to the city was like $1.25 when I was a kid. Uh-huh. So I'd just go after school and go to 42nd Street, buy 40s. Uh-huh. Experimental drugs, yeah. like you mentioned, you know. Um, you know, like, whatever kid stuff, you know. Um, What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Pure Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. 
distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Yeah. Did you get like the shit beat out of you? No, I did get cut with like a knife. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Christ. But I also was, and I was an asshole and resisted. You know, I didn't yeah. just give him the three dollars that I had in my pocket. You fought like, for the three dollars. How will I get back home? Uh-huh. Right. Um, Can't call an Uber back then. No. Sniff them. <laughs> didn't want to call my parents and be like, "I got mug. Can you come get me?" But which is what I ended up having to do after I got cut. Um, Jesus Christ, dude! Is this has it happened to anyone else in the band? Or are you just the? I do seem to be a bit of a lightning rod for that kind of stuff. That's yeah. crazy. Do you did did that? I mean, I'm sure it affected you psychologically, but like, do you kind of shy away from things when you're, or do you just you know? It's happened to you three times. Three no, times. No, no, twice. Twice. The twice. Mugged and drugs was together. Okay. Yeah. 
when you're walking like in this area of town in Portland, especially like you're cruising around and like there's some pretty sketchy people around. Mm-hmm. Like, do you find yourself being afraid of that now, or do you, or more like I know what it feels like? I'm I not scared. Don't, of it anymore. No, it's neither really like because I don't want it to happen, but I don't feel afraid of it unless my lady's around. Mm-hmm. I do get concerned for it just because. Um, I'm not tough, but I am very much a survivor, I feel like. And I generally trust that unless something really bad happens, I'm going to get through it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've you know, been through a lot on the road, the, you know, the food poisoning, the, you know, getting, falling off a stage, getting, you know, just getting hurt, getting, you know, just shit happening. Um, so, you know, I feel not invincible, but I feel like, you know, most of the time I'll bounce back. So, yeah. um but yeah, with her, because I'm aware of how dark things can get, I do sometimes get scared with my lady, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want us to live in like a good neighborhood and stuff. Yeah. Know? Well, you said when you were at home, you were, when you were, you would use before you went to work, what were you doing for, for work in, in this time off? I mean, did you, I mean, I don't know the financials or anything, but did you guys make enough money to not have day jobs for a while? Or did you immediately like uh, have to go get jobs? When we were on tour like more than 10 months a year, then I usually didn't have to get a day job in okay. the two months that I was home. Yeah. But it was also like, because my expenses were so low. Cause mm-hmm. I, was, I was on tour and never spent my money on anything. You yeah. Know? I spent some PDs sometimes on coffee or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but like I'd come home and it'd be like, okay, you've been gone for 10 months. Here's all your paychecks all at once. And like, you have like two months of rent to pay or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. But no, when I got done with tour, I had about six months where I'd figure out what I was doing for a living. And by the end of like four, I was completely out of money for rent. So I had jobs. I had lots of jobs. Um, first, I worked in a kitchen store where I met like the love of my life. She's mm-hmm. the best. Um, that was like a, just a random, weird how kitchen I even... Store, like Kitchen Caboodle? It's called Whisk in New York. And my kids would come in all the time thinking that I owned it. Oh, from <laughs> Thursday's Kitchen Store. It's like, no, I make like $13 an hour. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? But, you know, I try to squash their dreams, you know? It's fucked up. Oh, yeah, it was fucked up. Dude. Um... <laughs> And then, um, you know, there's a whole saga with me owning a record label. That was the best job I've ever had. That, um, so that was Collect, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not know about that label until yesterday. And I did not know all of the shit that went down till yesterday. It's and I'm sure you've talked eventful. about that a million yeah. times. Yeah. And I, the, the web that I was reading through was like, what, that guy? And the, but that the, guy wasn't that guy back then. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Just, so everyone, the perception is, I mean, everyone's going to jump all over it. Mm. And, you know, how... I mean, is I'm it lucky still, is it still going? The label? Only with... No, the label's not going. The okay. saga's still going for me because, like, the way I had to close it down, I did a bunch of things wrong. And so, like, I owe, like, the government a shit ton of money for, like, getting... I didn't, like, file the right paperwork for when we let go of all our employees. Mm-hmm. Like... So oh a ton of workmen's comp for the period where I didn't have any workers. Oh, shit. Stuff like that. So it's like yeah. I'll probably end up paying everything I make on this door to the government. But um, but you know, I'm a big boy and I tried to have a big boy jobs so, you know. Sure. Um Yeah, man, it was just you know, we were doing a really good job. We were making records that sounded and looked great. You know, mm-hmm. we had a great designer, Norm from Texas, the reason was working for me. Sean from Weekend was working for me. Um and it was just 
I was really proud of it. Like that nothing record that Relapse put out last year, like we made that record, mm-hmm. you know, like I paid for that record. I helped them like through with that record and the Hotel Your record that came out last year, like we made that record, I paid for that record. Like, you know what I mean? That's like, these are all records that like would have been collect records. And, um, you know, we're signing even better bands, like bands I don't want to blow up their spot because they haven't been dragged through the mud on this yeah, already. Sure. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, why bother? Yeah. Um, but. I was really proud of what we were doing and you know the reason that none of those bands are screwed or hate me is because you know i was taking money from somebody i didn't know that well yeah so i wrote into all the contracts like if at any time any of the bands are unhappy they can take their record and walk like no strings attached that's amazing just because i didn't ever want to be the guy. i didn't ever want to be the guy that was holding anybody back yeah you know like i've been there yeah you know you have so you know i feel lucky that like even though it was a fucking Excuse me. Even even though it was just terrible, you can say whatever you okay, want. It's well, a podcast. It's a fucking shit show. Yeah, you know, it was a lot to deal with. I had my name dragged through the mud. Like people would be like, "You must have known. You must not be a good guy." You know, just people jumping all kinds of conclusions. Yeah. In the end, nobody dragged me through the mud. None of the bands. Everybody kind of went to bat for me because they knew that like the whole time I was trying to build something. Like, yeah. I was trying to do something nice for artists. Is honestly the truth. Yeah. And in the meantime, take a role that I thought. I could be good at this. I could help artists see their own vision more clearly. I could mm-hmm. support them and make them know, like, you are good. Yeah. You know, like, you really are. Because, like, artists, like, never get supported. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you look at, we're cutting, like, Trump wants to cut more, cut more funding from the arts, you know? Yeah. So it's like. It's it just, outrageous. Yeah, I just wanted to give a little something to the artists and for free. Not mm-hmm. like, you know, they'd be making, I'd be trying to make money off those records, sure. but I wouldn't be trying to exploit them. Yeah. Just trying to have a partnership with them. Yeah. And, um. And like, you know, as much as he gets dragged through the mud, I'll say that, you know, the partner that I had, like, he constantly told me not to worry about the bottom line. Be like, we can lose a couple million dollars a year and it won't hurt me. I mean, there aren't many situations like that. This is that guy? Yeah. So it's like as much as, you know, as much as like there are a lot of things that he's done that I don't, that I don't agree with or don't get. Yeah. Um, As far as like the arts and wanting to fund them, he was very sincere about that. And, uh, you know, it ended up kind of, you know, through his actions, like the, the label went down pretty fast. But before that, like his intentions were right on with the label. And I appreciate that still. You know, I do still appreciate that he was trying to build something nice for people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And you can't bet someone's future actions. You, you can't. can't. You can't. You know, I tried to be cautious, mm-hmm. but it wasn't because of him. Yeah. I'll be honest. It wasn't because I got a bad vibe. It was just because like, I just don't trust people with money. Yeah. You know, in my experience, in my experience, people with money are often there because they've made decisions to screw somebody else over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know that's not really fair and that some people aren't like that, but like, that's just the experience that I've had. Sure. You know? So, um, you know, my parents were like teachers when I was growing up and then, you know, like, you know, they're just not, not super rich or anything like a good, you know, good enough living, but. Sure. But they're you know. doing something. They're progressing things along. Yeah. Like they're helping you know they're helping people yeah. like your parents probably as teachers there's probably kids out there or adults out there now that that is why my life changed you know <clears throat> maybe yeah i mean they're they've definitely changed my life that's all i really know you know or made my life or all the stuff you know they're just great parents yeah. really is what i'm trying to say but um yeah no i think you know i think um i was a friend of mine uh, lives here. He's my favorite poet in the world. A friend of mine lives here in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Matthew Dickman. He's just a brilliant, brilliant poet. 
And I was telling him today that I just think like artists need to look out for each other because artists are only valued in society for what they produce and how much it sells, mm -hmm. right? That's not what artists are here to do though. Mm -hmm. uh, I always think like we're killing our planet. We're, we're ruining a lot of stuff. We're killing each other. The only thing that we have that can be protected really anymore is like our dream life, like mm -hmm. our, you know, our, our hopes, our imagination. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts. Yeah. So the, the artists are kind of like the defenders of the thought world, you know, it's mm -hmm. like something beautiful to think about somewhere, you know, something that can't be paved over to put condominiums up or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until that ends up happening, until right. mind control and and that stuff starts happening. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? They're printing organs. Like, it's outrageous. They're we just destroying. dropped a bomb. Yeah, that the likes I've never even heard of until I saw that story. It's just my yeah, stomach sank. Pretty ridiculous. We're reading the and of course it was CNN, so it's inflated. But at the same time, it was like, it does what? For how far? To who? You know. It's downright scary. Yeah, it is. It you is. know, um, it, I mean, so now with with Thursday coming back, you're still doing no devotion, right? It, mm -hmm. Or it's just kind of on on not hiatus, but on the back burner. Yeah, we're working on stuff. It's not even on the back burner. We're just working on different stages. You know, Thursdays okay. on tour, we're writing. Yeah. So so how I want to kind of ask you how would describe to me that room when you guys sat down and decided to stop. Versus that room when you guys sat down and decided to get back together. I mean, oh, and you were in much different places, of course, but what was that like? I mean, all I can really say about when we decided to stop is that um, the letter that we wrote to the public was a very mild thing, but something had happened behind the scenes that we've never shared with anybody that was really hard. And we almost didn't even talk about it. We just said, you can't do this, right? Like it doesn't, and everybody's like, I can't do this. Everybody's like, I can't do, I can't do this anymore. So, um, it just happened literally in the space of one practice, and we we're just like, fuck, can't do really? this anymore at all. Yeah, and we never wanted to share with everybody what happened because we know the band's important to a lot of people, and mm -hmm. it would have really put one of our members in a very, very uncomfortable position where mm -hmm. it's not his fault, but something happened there, sure. which is what it, we didn't want shared. And I just thought we would never do it again. It was, it was just really hard. And I tried for months to not think about it as like a terrible thing. Just mm -hmm. think, you know, everything runs its course. Yeah. I've been really lucky to do this so long. I've made a lot of art I'm proud of. Like I love the mark we left and that's it, you know? And now, you know, I'll make some other art, but I don't think I'll ever do it like that. You know, I don't think I could do it like that again. I can never start from the bottom and just do like, you know, 10 years of work or 15 years of work like mm -hmm. we did. Um, and when we, we got back together, we'd been spending time together again. And we had just been like getting to know each other again and getting close again, getting to love each other again. And it wasn't even so we could do Thursday. It was just, Everybody missed each other so much. So you guys were apart that whole time? Yeah, for five years, I, I thought we'll never be in the same room together. We, and there was a wedding where, like, not the whole band didn't come. And it was just, there's some really, really tough stuff in yeah. there. It's family. I yeah, mean, it's, it's family. It's tough. People don't realize. And, like, we're really family. Like, Tim, our bass player, married Steve, our guitar player's sister, and they mm -hmm. have kids. And then Tom has a kid named Tucker, our drummer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're really a family. Yeah. Like, 
and I'm an only child. These guys are the only brothers I've ever known, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, it was really hard. And I think I didn't want to really admit how hard it was. You know, I just wanted to kind of chug along and be okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, just find my place, find my place, you know? Um, but man, the, you know, when we decided to do it again and, and, and the reaction was so crazy. So, so much more than I thought it would be. It's really, it's really cool. And right now this tour, it's like the best we've ever played. It's like the most fun I've ever had on stage. It's just it's so cool. I'm trying not to miss a minute of it. You know, I'm really glad to be doing this tour sober because I can really like yeah. keep it with me, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, your presence on stage now with this tour, I mean, does it feel, I mean, it's got to feel markedly, markedly different than when you were, when you were using, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was only using it Thursday at the very end. Yeah. You know, um, but that was, you know, still a five or six year window in there where I got deep. And, uh, and so there's a lot of United Nations when I was like, just, just fucked. I was just, just out of my mind on stage and a lot of no devotion where I was just like totally, totally glazed over, which is a shame because that's some of my proudest stuff is mm-hmm. that devotion record and i love those guys and it's a like, beautiful record yeah i love that it's, record i mean sometimes i hear it and i can hear certain songs where like i was in a different place yeah it almost fit the music you know um did it affect your output in a way that you're happy with i guess is a strange question yeah, but that's really interesting that you say that because i actually think like um a lot of that stuff was pretty early in my using and i was still able to get to a place where i would like loosen me up and make me more creative and i I, I hate to say that because I don't think there's any real positivity in that stuff. Mm-hmm. But but I also think that like when you just look at it as like only a place of shame and, and destruction, there's a reason why people get sucked down the hole. It's because at first there's like a very freeing aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're trading 10 years of life for like, a, you know, a few weeks or a few months of like feeling good and creative and social and happy mm-hmm. and painless and, you know, all this other stuff. So it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, it's like, I, yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to look at all of it, you yeah. know, but, uh, but it's interesting that you say that because I mean, there are just funny things that I'll read every so often and, and it'll just, it's just such a strange thing. Like, did you hear the thing about the Swedish government officials that were busted using medical grade heroin to stay younger? I mean, that's crazy. Like, yeah. There was a doctor that was administering yeah. it to them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just don't think about that as something that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, to stay young, yeah, because it slows the aging process. Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Because like, you're killing yourself in so many other ways by yeah. doing that. Yeah. But you're so vain that you don't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so weird. It's that live fast, die young, uh, right, or leave right. a good-looking corpse, or whatever that's it. Leave a good-looking you know? corpse. Yeah, that's it. It's it's funny. Um, yeah, that's that's outrageous. I mean, yeah. I've never I've never gone down that road. My brother went down that road from uh, pain pills from a knee surgery, and it got too expensive, way. so he switched. Mm, that's a very good and he topic. never shot. He just he smoked it in his oh, car. Wow. It's still very the dangerous. free base, whatever it is. And Anthony and I were talking, and he said, now still, when he walks past a cigarette pack on the ground, he's like, oh, man, maybe someone dropped their shit. Right. And it's, that's the first thing that comes to his mind. Mm-hmm. And that's just it's so crazy to me. And, and I just... When I get to a place like Berkeley that we played two yeah. days ago, I just... <laughs> or Portland, you know? I just... I can recognize the corner that's the drug corner. 
I just see it and I'm like, that's where you buy drugs. I know it. And you're right. You're you parked know? right there. Yeah. You're literally just parked see in a fucking bus. Yeah. In the middle. It's tough, man. That's why I have to like, I have to find a meeting and go to every day on the road because I see it and it's just other people would walk past and be like, I'm going to Voodoo Donuts. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. can't walk down there yeah you know what I mean like I just know it I know it like I can see I can see which kids that are scrounging change are actually selling drugs like I just know yeah. it's really weird it's like x-ray vision um and also if I let my mind wander yeah I won't consciously go to buy drugs but I'll end up hanging around that corner for some reason just putting yourself yeah, in that it, familiar yeah there's spot. just the, that subconscious part of your brain that's just like autopilot can't you back It'll be that way the rest of your life, too. Yeah, that's what they say. We'll see. And that's, I mean, you've got a really good outlook on things, I think. And and you've always at least portrayed yourself as a very happy, upbeat person. Generally, I am. Have you ever seen BoJack Horseman? Yes. Okay. The cartoon? So, yes. Yeah. Do you know the character Mr. Peanut Butter? Yes. My friends joke around that I'm Mr. Peanut Butter. Like, just generally pretty excited. I'm like, just smiling, easily distracted, and smiling and friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dude, so yeah. That's so, I'm a generally pretty happy person. But That's amazing. Which just goes to show you that really anybody can have a vulnerable moment and get exactly get trapped down there yeah. exactly and it's how you how you either come out of it or deal with it that really says something i mean you were into it for years you're 90 days sober now no, right? uh, 60 70, 70 i'm actually yeah, 77 or first 90 days in the first 90 the first 90 is kind of that key period yeah, yeah. After that, it gets, uh, supposedly, it gets much easier. We'll see. So you have, does Jeff find a meeting in the towns you go no, to? I find, and have it, you find I it make yourself? it part of my little ritual. Yeah. Okay. And when you, so when did, uh, I guess, did you sit down with the guys and discuss what it, what you had been into? And did you have like a, a moment with them where you kind of let them know what's going on? So, of course, like you go out back out on the road, like, hey, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. Yeah, okay. it kind of came. I told them pretty early. Mm-hmm. Not into using, but and when we started hanging out again and then and then before we decided to start playing, there was a get together where like, you know, they were like, OK, I thought you were you you know what I mean like I think they were like okay so Jeff's still fucked up you know yeah um and then I think that's a concern is like can we even do this like will we put his mm-hmm. life in danger will he put us in danger you know like what what's the deal and so you know it became pretty important to me to get clean before we went on tour yeah um and yeah and I've been able to do it so um, it's pretty crazy yeah um, you got a lot to fight for too I mean Oh man! You built these things. It's crazy. It's know. crazy every day. Like, man, I just usually most days. There's been a couple of days that have been hard. First day tour is really hard. I wasn't used to everybody hitting me up, texting me, asking mm-hmm. for guest list, asking to hang out, trying to buy me a beer. Like that was really overwhelming. And yeah. I got into kind of a. I put myself in a state where I was like hiding in the bathroom, hiding on the bus, hiding, you know, just hiding. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even see some of my family members, which is just ridiculous. They um, came out to see you or at yeah, it was it was a Boston show. I'm like my family's from Providence, so mm-hmm. it was like it's just weird that I didn't see them. But that was the only time when I was like thinking, I'm not going to get through this, you know. Like I'm going to go outside and find something, yeah. you know. Um, but that was just the beginning, and that was the shock of the new, yeah. you know, and getting through that and getting on to the next city. 
I started to realize I am going to be able to do it. And then like maybe like LA or maybe Arizona before LA, I thought, oh, actually I'm so much better on stage now than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And I'm clean and I'm here. Cause I think there's a party that says maybe I'm not good enough if I'm not high or maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I don't have the energy for this or I don't, I just, it's too painful or sure. I'm exposing too much of my heart or whatever, you know, there's just, you get all these crazy ideas in your head that, you know, you think, well, if I was using it, it'd be easier. And, uh, and then at some point you find that to be a lie and you realize you're better off when you're brave and you just do it. Yeah. Um, and you're present for it, you know, all of it, the pain and, and you know, the, the fun and everything. Um, and so that was like, just, I mean, that's, the story's given me a lot that way. You yeah. know, I was like, um, I'm better this way. I'm better as myself. Yeah. Even with all my problems, I'm better as myself. It's know? almost dangerous to do a tour like this so soon after getting clean, but actually going out there and pushing through it, it's probably the, the best thing you could do is like, yeah. all right, to the lions. If I don't make it, I don't make it. I think it was you a little know? bit like that. Like it was like, this is either going to be the best thing for him or the worst thing. Yeah. And we'll find out when we find out. I guess it's yeah. kind of the way my band was probably looking at it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but right now, you know, more than halfway in. Yeah. It seems like it's the best thing for me, so. That's unreal, man. And isn't it so weird that as a creative person, I mean, you trust your mind so much with your art and your output, but at the same time, that thing you trust will turn its back on you when it wants something. It's not just strange to think about. I mean, like. It's super strange to think You're about. up there emoting everything. You're putting everything out there that you created. And it's so true and pure going right out into people's ears. Right. And then the second you're away from that and you're on a street, your mind's like, nope, fuck you, Jeff. Yeah. We're getting some of this. Yeah. It's better. This will be better. Yeah. This will be better. Distorting reality. Like you can't do this, dude. You it's can't do this. It's a full distorting reality. Yeah. It is. It is. It's really, that's why it's so hard for people to get. Clean. Yeah. It's not that they don't want to. It's not that they don't know what's good for them. It's nothing like that. It's the part of them that they can't quantify that doesn't care yeah. and it doesn't want anything except to feel good. Yeah. You know, that's really, that's really, it really, I mean, yeah, I get people a lot better now. That's all I'll really say about that, but I get people a lot better. I understand a lot of my favorite artists better. I understand people that I didn't understand when I was younger. I understand mm -hmm. addicts. I get it. I get it. Cause you, you don't, you don't understand either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't figure out why you can't stop either. And you make, you know, prom promises to yourself every day that you don't follow. And it's just fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. There are times that you would swear you weren't high. But, like, some part of you, like, broke and went and did it and, like, buried the memory from you. It's like, that shit can happen. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. I did something really radical to get out of my active addiction. And, uh... And when I started, I started having dreams and I started really one morning I started having like these scenes come back to me, like maybe two weeks sober of times that I was sure I was like, you know, that time that I was two weeks sober there, three weeks over there. And I suddenly remember like my brain having shut off and walking up to a coin doing things that I thought I did sober. I was actually high for like so crazy, like <laughs> shut down my conscious mind, just went on autopilot to yeah. get it. After I finished using it, put me back online and said, go ahead. All right, now you deal with this. Yeah. It's like so, that Ambien shit where people like made a turkey overnight and they don't know who the fuck made a turkey. Tom, our guitar player, he does things in his sleep. 
And on the tour bus, it's crazy. Like, it used to just be sleep eating. Because you can't wake them up. Like, they'll freak they'll out. out. Yeah. So, like, and if you talk to them, they just kind of look at you for a second and keep doing what they're doing, but they're not awake. Uh -huh. So we'd be like, oh, you eating something there? Like, <laughs> and they don't choke or anything. They just do it. Like, No, there's a really crazy story that I'll tell you later about Tom dreaming about cooking fried chicken. Oh, no. Okay. And what he was actually doing. Oh, it's, God. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Well, I mean, I, I guess I didn't mean to. I didn't even... I have all these notes. I know. Yeah, you just put them down. I this love is, that. I, You're I, like, okay, now that I know this, we're going somewhere else. With the else. podcast thing, like, I... You know, there's someone I want to talk to. And sometimes there are people I know. Sometimes there are people I don't. And, uh, but I do my due diligence. I... I, I prepare to mm -hmm. do three pages of notes 90% of the time I don't even touch them because mm -hmm. we just get onto something and that's what's so wonderful about the podcast thing you can say what you want and this is a radio show too it's on Adobe Radio so mm -hmm. they're also uncensored because streaming so we can say what we want do what we want, and just have conversation because no one talks anymore it's mm -hmm. all text you know uh, and then when listeners you know see a name they like and they look at listen to the podcast and then I get an email saying I had no idea I mean, this was eye-opening. Mm. That feels good, too, because it's like, you know, yeah. it's it's real. You know? Yeah, and you brought up Anthony, and he's like, he's been a brother to me over the years, you know? Like, yeah, we have a lot of the same friends. He's, hel he's helped me get through stuff. 12 you know? blocks from me, and I didn't right, even Colin's know. Here. I got to hit him up, yeah. <laughs> there was stuff that I wanted to talk to Colin about. That's right, I got to get in touch with him today. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I texted him yesterday coming, to see if he was coming. I was I like, yeah, talking to Jeff tomorrow, he's like... And uh, he's like, dude, sorry, I'm the worst responder ever. We yeah. live close, and we've never been to each other's house. That's really We've funny. been friends since, like, 2002. Mm -hmm. From this day forward, touring together. Yeah, us too, yeah. And I remember yeah. they said, dude, we got a tour Thursday. And we're like, holy shit. Man, that tour was fun. That was, yeah, they, they had a blast on that. but um, We had too much fun on that. Yeah. Well, dude, I really appreciate you doing this, man. I know pleasure. it's busy time, and that's why I never do it on on the road. Yeah, but this was mellow. This actually was probably calmer than my day would have been if I didn't do it. And that's awesome. People running around, you know. Yeah, and I didn't mean to, you know, dig so far into that, that stuff and have you talk about that, but no, you know, no. I appreciate the yeah. openness on it and stuff, and hopefully, it helps a little bit at least, and maybe it helps it someone else. Like I said, that's Anthony, what I'd hope more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are just lucky people. So you do a great lucky. job. And, and he's yeah. got like beautiful kids. And, he does. Know, it's amazing. And his wife pretty much saved his life. She's much awesome. Much like your Meredith, partner you were yeah. talking about. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the luckiest guy. I try not to get too into that because she's also a fairly public person. Mm -hmm. She's on TV and stuff. But she's just she's <laughs> incredible, you know. She really is. She's a, I'm just, some days I can't believe how lucky I got. Yeah. But, just got to remember that, dude. That's yeah. how you'll get through it. It is. It is. That gratitude is so important to staying sober. It really is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Jeff. I cool, appreciate man. it, man. Thank cool. you. All right, guys. That was my conversation with Jeff Rickley from Thursday, No Devotion, and the United Nations. Thursday uh, was a huge part of our life, as I said before, a huge part of our musical uh, upbringing, if you will, and uh, got us into a lot of things. So really appreciative to Jeff and crew. Uh, also, a big thanks to Paul uh, for setting up the interview and uh, hooking all this up. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. So uh, once again, we are at purepleasurepodcast.com. Check, check out the site. Go and uh, hang out, spend some time, look at old guests, and uh, 
definitely leave us a comment or a message. Uh, PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email. Shoot me a line, uh, guest requests, uh, comments, concerns, any of that stuff. Uh, we love to hear it. Um, and we are on Adobe Radio, so if this is longer than an hour, uh, this interview will be cut short on Adobe, but you can always download it on iTunes right afterwards. So download, rate, subscribe, give it a five-star review, uh, throw some words in there, and uh, we really appreciate that. So once again, thanks to Jeff Rickley, thanks to Paul, and uh, for getting everything set up. Thanks to Mike Mowry for hooking me up with Paul. And uh, again, thanks to my producer, Joe, and uh, everyone on the staff for doing a great job. So we'll see you on the radio. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.